Hi, everybody. Welcome to What the Puck. I'm Jono. That's Lena. I'm out in California. And uh, I'm in Atlanta. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm tired. How are you? You're tired? Yeah, I'm always tired. Well, I'm, I'm tired too, but it's kind of for the opposite reason. Why are you tired? I think I've gotten too much sleep the past couple of days. <laughs> I'm officially on vacation as of last Friday. Yay! And yay! This is how exhausted I am and how I have been. It's, it's just I've... Just shut down? <laughs> yeah, like I have been so unmotivated. It took everything in me just to put on clothes today and go to the grocery store just to get some beer and then come back <laughs> home. <laughs> That's no. what vacation's for, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm tired, but not necessarily because I'm not getting a lot of sleep. I'm just tired because, like, I'm emotionally exhausted. Why? And not for, like, drama. Just, oh. like, like just work. Like, it just is taken so much out of me. And I – it's so – okay, so I, I, I took a little mini break. I took, like, a Labor Day weekend in Palm Springs. Um, Ooh. But, like, I get – stress the fuck out anytime I take days off because it always just means that like shit has piled up right mm -hmm. and so like now I'm still in kind of catch-up mode and like people are frustrating me so much and I'm not the best at like standing up for myself but I am getting so over it that I am starting to be like a mega bitch <laughs> to like so many different people that I'm working with because I'm just like, I'm done um, with the bullshit. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Like basically I am like totally broke right now and shouldn't be because people owe me thousands of dollars for work that I have done. Oh. And so it's like so frustrating to like know that you should be sitting pretty and you know, all your bills are covered and you've got rent for a few months, right? Mm -hmm. And like you just can't get people to pay you. And that is the biggest freaking frustration. For the people that owe you money, are you right now continuously doing work for them still? It's like several contracts, right? So like I have some contracts that are satisfied and are fully invoiced. And then I have other contracts that I'm still in the midst of. So yeah, I still have open contracts with them. Um, but what sucks is that last month this happened where my, my payments were late and I like had a big freaking come to Jesus conversation with them about it where I was like, most independent contractors will be charging you a late fee per day. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, we'll do this and this and this and it'll be taken care of. And then sure as shit, the very next opportunity they had to pay me on time, they were late. And I was like, this is driving me crazy, but it's not just this one client. Like this is such a symptom of what it's like to be freelance because like like 50 percent of your job is doing the work and then the other 50 percent is trying to get paid right <laughs> it's so frustrating and then on top of it they don't take taxes out right oh god so then i end up having to take 20 percent of my own pay oh. and set it aside to send the irs thousands of dollars yep oh my god i'm just like I'm ready to take a break from this specific side work that I've been doing because it's just been too exhausting and too unreliable. Yeah. And like Stitch Fix doesn't like pay as much as this other job, but it is so nice to just be able to like clock in, do my work, get paid for the hours that I work, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's so refreshing to yeah. be like, 
Okay, but ugh. Anyway, that's like what I was literally doing up until the second we hit record was trying to get my money. Get my money, bitch. bitch. Better have my money. Oh, well, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Yeah. That's something that Alex was dealing with pretty much for the last month with his side gig that he has. Um, he does something very similar where, I mean, he invoices a company and they just write him a check or they do they now do direct deposit. Mm-hmm. I, I think he has done about 20 projects with them since February and he's only been paid for like 12 of them at this point. Oh, and I'm like, why are you continuing to do work for them if they are not paying you? And then he eventually had to come to Jesus with them very similarly to yours. And mm-hmm. he told them, look, I'm not going to, I want to continue working for you. I want to continue this because it's a very good gig, but when it pays. Yeah, we have to talk about pay schedule and there could be some penalty about, I signed a contract that you said you were going to be de- depositing money on this date. So let's talk about it. And you know what? They actually fixed the problem. <laughs> so That's what I was hoping yeah. that they would have done here. And then the very next chance, like they, they fuck it up again. And ugh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I already have to wait 30 days from the day that I invoice my payments before I get paid. And that's a fully arbitrary timeline just to protect their own cash flow. Right. But like 30 days is a long time. Like think about like if like if your paycheck was cut to you 30 days after the pay period ended. And so like I'm already waiting 30 days. And then on top of it, they almost never actually initiate the transfer in time. And then there's all these processing days in general. So when they do things like on their schedule, it's like 50 days before I get paid for work that I've turned in 50 days ago. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh I was going to say this is a total tangent slash going back to the beach and Dorian. Okay. Um. Didn't we have a couple friends just get married in Costa Rica? Yes. Yes. Ah, and they didn't get like swept away by the hurricane. Thank no, God. No, no. Uh, congratulations, friend of the show, Shane, and his now husband, Joseph. They got Yay. married in Costa Rica. Beautiful, beautiful setting. I've seen the pictures. And I think from based off the stalking that I've done on Facebook, <laughs> I think their honeymoon is in Greece. But Ooh, I'm wow. not sure. Congratulations, Shane and Joe. We're so happy for you. <laughs> I love the two of them. They're so they're so great. So let me tell you about what we just did two days ago. Okay. Uh, we had a park day with some of our friends. And park days usually mean we go to the park and we drink. But it always ends up where they go to Are the park. Are you allowed to drink in the park? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Especially if there's like that's a festival. like open container. <laughs> oh no, no. As long as there's there's no glass, you kind of you treat it like it's the beach or like it's uh, a poolside patio or something. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't bring booze to my park. Yeah, no. Bring a picnic. Bring, of course, if they see you with a beer bottle, they're gonna confiscate it. But as long as it's in like a thermos or something that mm-hmm. hides it, then they don't give a shit. Something incognito. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we went to the park and that usually means that everyone else drinks and i for some reason i don't become the dd but i become the person who doesn't who gets the least drunk which it turns into me taking care of everybody um which i don't mind that you know i'm on vacation so i don't really i'm just like whatever i'm along for the ride well we went to this korean barbecue international festival in brookhaven georgia delicious 
doesn't it? I I love Korean barbecue. They're they're promoting it online, and mm-hmm. I literally saw a flyer the morning of, and it said we're expecting over thirty thousand people to be there. And I Jesus, was like, holy shit! Way too many. Whoa! For this little park, like this is not even this is maybe a quarter of the size of Piedmont Park, which is the biggest oh, park geez. in Atlanta. It's it's tiny. And why would they want thirty thousand people at their event if it's at a? <laughs> I have no idea, and I didn't even know that there were even thirty thousand like Asian people in the state of Georgia. Like there's, <laughs> it's like it's such a niche thing because Korean barbecue. That's the whole festival is. Korean barbecue. Oh, I guess that's true. Because Korean barbecue is really, really popular out here in LA. Oh. Yeah, like there's probably like five Korean barbecues within like a mile of me right now. Oh, shit. (laughs) So for me, I'm like, well, there definitely be that many people who love Korean barbecue. But fitting in a small part. But I guess Atlanta's on like, like there's more like barbecue barbecue than there is Korean barbecue. No, that's very true. (laughs) Yeah, there's a barbecue place on every, every corner. Yeah. Well, we're at this festival and I don't know the thing. Here's the thing. I'm so sensitive to festivals these days because uh, I didn't really talk about it on the podcast, but a part of my job with the county is that we had our own international festival um, a couple. It was actually a month ago. And it turned out oh, to I be. I think a, I saw pictures of it. Yeah, like it turned you out had to like be, performers, and it was really cool. Yeah, it was a huge success. And even then, I think we had close to five thousand people. But that was just for our very first international festival, which I oh, feel wow. like, con- like with all things considered, that's a pretty good number for your yeah. first festival. When I saw that this was their first festival doing this Korean barbecue thing, and they were having over thirty thousand, I was like, "Oh my god, what did we do wrong? Jesus, like, how did we do this? Like, wow, that's so impressive!" So I was really excited to check it out and and to see. Let me let me try to steal some ideas for next year, you know, and yeah. see what they what we can do. So we get there. It's not thirty thousand people. It's probably like fifteen hundred. <laughs> um, oh no. There's so many blank spots, like open, empty spots, that when my friends were texting us as we were Ubering over there, they're like, we're in the shade. We're to the left of the stage underneath a tree. And I was like, there there are so many trees. <laughs> How are we going to find tree. you? Every tree. Drop us a pin. Dr- like, sh- tell us where you are, you know? And they're like, you'll be able to see us. And sure enough, we get there. We're like, oh, yeah, there's there Lily. They are. <laughs> there they are. And so like there were like blank spots like there where there could have been vendors and there just was nobody. Oh, oh, no. And here's here's the sad part. Okay, so I started walking around this place and mm-hmm. they had vendor booths set up for people. Probably about 25 to 30 vendors. Lena, only 3 showed up. 3 vendors. And they weren't oh even my God. clothing or tchotchke or artwork there was there's was none of that, that that showcased the korean asian flair they got two barbecue uh, korean barbecue food trucks and then they got like a hamburger and hot dog food truck those what? were the three vendors that showed up here we are just drinking underneath this this tree um and like all of us are afraid to get up and go to any of these lines because seriously uh, people were coming back complaining that, like, they waited in line for, like, an hour and a half, you know, at, because there were only three places for us. Three yeah, options. I mean, even though there's not a ton of people, like, 1,500 people in three lines. Mm-hmm. No, and that's exactly. That's a long line. That's exactly long... what it was. Oh, and my God. that's where most people spent, like, most of their festival was just in line. Waiting in line for a hot dog next right. to a 
food truck that has a line that goes around a thousand blocks. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends actually got into the uh, the Korean barbecue line and they waited in that line for like an hour and 15 minutes. And they finally got back to us. And it was literally like an ice cream scoop of steamed rice with uh, what looked like um, like ground beef mixed in with like sloppy Joe mix, you know? And, and we're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, I think they've run out of stuff and just started mixing shit together up there. That's kind of not like Korean barbecue vibey. You no. know what I mean? Like you don't get to like cook it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand the connection. Like who organized this festival? I, I don't know. And, and it's um, like the fire festivals of Korean barbecue. Kind of, kind of. It was, it was a complete bust. And there's yeah. at one point, and this is the main part of, of, of the story. Um, we were sitting there and we were sitting to the, to the left of the stage I was in charge of setting up the entertainment for the international festival that, that we did. And I was just interested in seeing what lineups that they got. So I could possibly, you know, give them my business card and say, hey, if you're interested next year, let's chat. You know, when we got there, nobody had been on stage for about an hour and it looked like their entertainment had kind of like backed out as well. And so one of the MCs for the event just stood up on stage and said, hey, all of y'all dancing to like the electric slide out uh, out here on the lawn. Come up on stage. And I literally almost had a heart attack because that's such a liability. And I hate to be that yeah. guy that just like poo-poos on their ideas. But I was I, I, I didn't say anything to them, but I was just like, oh, that's so scary because that stage was probably not set up to hold well, like 60 people? people dancing on stage not only that but like now you're asking like unvetted strangers to come up on stage and kind of represent your festival uh-huh yep so anyway about 30 minutes of dancing on stage goes by and uh and they said okay all right we have one of our entertainers here um his name is uh shang z and we flew him all the way over here from South Korea, and everyone just went crazy because I was like, "Okay, awesome! That's like an actual international artist." There's a legit, artist. yeah, ties you know, into the festival. That's great. And uh, he was like, the MC said, "And Shang Z is going to tell you all about the Korean culture. He's going to sample, give you a sample of the music and the flavor of what South Korea has, and uh, we hope you enjoy." And I was like, "Yes, this is awesome!" So he comes out on stage. And Shang Z is dressed in all black. He must have been sweating bullets because it was like over 100 degrees outside. Mm. And this Shang Z, he says, Hey, everybody. I'm so honored to be here in America and to be here for your first Korean festival. Everyone goes nuts and applauds. So I'm going to start out singing one of my favorite songs that represents America in the eyes of this Korean. I can show you the world, shining, shimmering, splendid. He's singing Tell Aladdin. Me, princess, now when did you? La and he sung both parts. I was about to say, I was like, but then he did he sing? Did he change his voice? Yes. Was he was like? Well, <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't change his voice, but it just became very confusing because he did the 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 Peebo Bryson version that's like seven minutes long. So it was this. Oh, no. It was this like. Um, now I'm in a whole new world, unbelievable sky. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so so this wasn't a Korean barbecue festival per se. It's not like you know, like how they have like. Um, like burger festivals or something. This was a Korean festival that was supposed to be 
like culture based, not just like this one like cuisine. Correct. And this is all they came up with. I think this is all that showed up. I... Yeah. Well, but that's that's still on them, right? No, it's totally on them. You know, yeah. having, I, I will admit that it is very difficult to get people to commit to stuff like this. And you often have to have backups and backups of backups. And mm-hmm. um, it's so easy for people the day of to be like, God, it's just going to cost us a little bit more than... To be there than we want to make and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Blah. So people back out. We had a lot of people back out of ours. and uh, But the thing is, you have to have a contingency plan. And I don't know if this organization did. When people backed out, it just left huge gaps in their vendors and in their mm-hmm. entertainment. You know, this guy, you know, he, he never sung anything in Korean. Like his next song was Man in the Mirror from Michael Jackson. And then, what? and then, who is he? Well, and the thing is, like, we looked him up on Instagram. I forgot what his actual Instagram name was, but he, he refers to himself as the Fresh Prince of South Korea. And we were all like, oh, oh no. That's and, so random. Yeah. At one point, it was kind of gross. He said, yo, everybody, what's my name? And two of his roadies were out in the in the field and they're like, Shang Z. He goes, and he just kind of like smiles and he just looks at them. He's like, yeah. I didn't really need anything. I just like hearing my own voice yelled back at me. And we were like, ew, stop. So he's like random and like he, it's almost like, you know, when like a, like a vlogger who's just kind of famous for like whatever, like tries to like have a music video. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I'm out here with my car and here I am and I'm out. Side. And it's just like, there's no point of view. Yeah. It sounds like what his life is. Um, and he's like, I'm Shang Z. What does that mean? Y- yeah. I'm yeah. Shang Z. <laughs> he brought a friend out on stage and they did a rap together. And it was this, this tall black guy. And it was the most inappropriate rap because remember, this is a public event. This is like yeah. children, all ages. you know, all Family ages. Friendly. It was never explicit, but it was a, it was pretty graphic it where was, it was like, she grinding on my peanut. It's grinding on my peanut. It feels good. I am. <laughs> like, it was it was just. Ugh. <laughs> it was uh, explicit in other ways. Yeah, it, 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 it was very shocking to see. And clearly they did not. Whoever this organization was that planned this did not vet their entertainment because, I mean. Wildly inappropriate and just not good. Not yeah. international at all like they were they were promoting it on all of their flyers as k-pop so i think that's what brought out a lot of the younger crowds but they promoted it as k-pop yeah, and then oh. they had this guy like sing aladdin well i think he he might have misunderstood the assignment because i think he thought oh, i'm korean and i can sing pop songs i can sing whatever i want and it's k-pop because i'm korean yeah no I, 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 yeah 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 so like, as yeah um as a Korean American, were you like especially frustrated <laughs> that this festival was kind of meh? Kind of, kind of. Because, well, and this is what pissed me off. I actually got sick in the middle of this festival because, and this was my fault, totally my fault. I didn't have anything to eat. Like, I didn't have well, any you breakfast. You couldn't wait in any of those lines. Well, that's the thing. It was like I didn't have any breakfast or lunch that day. And I got there and immediately started drinking. And we were out in the middle of this like hot sun. Going to this event, I 
I was expecting to eat Korean barbecue. I was expecting to just like munch on food. <laughs> so that's why yeah. I didn't eat anything. And I didn't want to wait in, in the lines that long. So I just ended up not eating. And so by the time four or five o'clock rolled around, my blood sugar started dropping and I just, mm. I did not feel good at all. And I just spent the rest of the afternoon just like laying down. So anyway, like we ended up going home pretty early, like around six or six thirty that night. I did not feel good at all. And it took me kind of like the night to sleep it off. And then I felt a lot better yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would have done the exact same thing. If I was going to a food festival, I would not have like, I would have been ready to eat. I wouldn't yeah. show up full. And then if there was no food there, that would suck so hard. Yeah. If the food looked really delicious and really worth it, then I probably would have stood in line. But when our friend came back and, and she had and like... it was just a burger rice? Yeah, it was disgusting. And I was like, no, I'm not going to spend $18 for that. You know what y'all um, should have done, which would have been like a hilarious, like kind of dick move, but in a, the right way. What? Postmated Korean barbecue. I'm not joking, Lena. We thought about <laughs> like getting DoorDash and just getting yeah, like actual exactly. Korean food delivered to us, like in the field. Yeah, and just like watch everyone who's waiting in line be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> no, we thought about it. We really did. That would have um, been great. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of it was it was all around a, a disappointing festival. I'm glad we got to hang out with friends. We were all just kind of laughing at, you know, just the the random, the random entertainment that they had and the lack of Korean in this Korean festival. Oh, my God. Um, well, I'm sorry it was such a bust. That's okay. Maybe next year it will be better. Uh, I, I really, really doubt that they're going to have a another Korean, one. Yeah, I, I doubt that they'll have, they'll have another one. That would be that would be the biggest like shame of it you know is like if somebody just who had little to no experience organizing something like this like tries and fails and then that's it you know what I mean because like it reminds me of like in the entertainment industry like if they do for a long time you know they'd be like well we tried having like a black female lead in an action movie and it didn't make any money so we're never gonna do it again thanks (laughs) it reminds me of that (laughs) which is such a cop-out yeah no I agree I agree. They definitely need some sort of committee or – and I doubt it was just one person that organized this. I bet it was a group of people because it was done by the city of Brookhaven just like – Brookhaven's um, a fancy freaking city. They oh, can afford yeah. a lot. It's a bougie It's a bougie little city. Yeah. Um, no. I, yeah. It was just meh. <laughs> what else is going on? There's some like personal stuff that is kind of fun but I also like – it's weird. I feel like – uh, I feel like I can talk about just about anything on this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, because like the people who I know who listen are so like supportive. And I feel like if anyone else is listening and I don't know you, you can judge me all you want and that's fine. <laughs> okay. So Sean and I are, are we've started trying to have a baby. Okay. And it is like twisted my head up into knots. My brain is like so wigged out. Like, I did not know what this experience was going to be like, but it's so like it's it's so like strange because like basically now I have to operate under the assumption that I may be pregnant, right? Okay. But I also may not be. And like that's a weird place to be, right? Because like there's so many things you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant. Like I'm not supposed to get my hair dyed. I'm not supposed to eat certain foods. I'm not supposed to um 
drink booze. And literally the first opportunity that I had to like remember that I might be pregnant, I forgot until the second I was walking out the door. <laughs> like I was invited uh, to my friend's restaurant um, to have like Italian food and drinks with some lady friends. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun. I've been working my ass off and like all of my things are all just out there and pending for now. So I'll take the night off and I'll go and have some food. And I was getting ready. And then like I was about to walk out the door and then I turned back to Sean and I was like, I just forgot I'm not supposed to drink alcohol. <laughs> oh, my God. Until just now. And he's like, yeah, don't forget that. And I'm like, it is. It's just a weird thing to wrap your brain around. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I'm in this weird limbo. And for some reason, like my brain keeps going back and forth where I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, I'm definitely pregnant. And then I'll be like, I'm definitely not pregnant. <laughs> okay. So I, I, you know me and, and you know, nothing about female I know, anatomy. Yeah. I know <laughs> nothing about babies and female anatomy. So when do you find out that you're well, pregnant? There's like a bunch of variables, right? And so I bought like the earliest, earliest, earliest pregnancy test ever. But here's the kicker. So if I ever do find out whether I am or aren't, um, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to put it on the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Because I am so nervous about like the early weeks because that's such a scary time. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want to have to go through the thing of like telling everybody that I am and then having to be like, just kidding. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out. Well, and that's uh, what they say. Isn't that what they, they generally tell They women? recommend you you kind of – you know, lay low for a while. Keep it to yourself kinda, for about the first yeah. trimester or so. Because you never know what's yeah. going to happen. Um, but I did buy the tests that are supposed to tell me like six days before I miss my period. Because that's like the for sure sign, right? Like if you don't get your period, then you're probably pregnant or like your system is really screwed up. Uh, and so I got the tests that are supposed to tell me like a week before, which should be this week. But <gasps> I don't know. Something tells me that I'm not. Cause it's like just started trying and like I was in Palm Springs through most of my fertility window and ugh, it's this, I'm learning so many freaked up things though. Do you want to know a gross human fact? Okay. How long can sperm live inside the body? What's your guess? Three months. That is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting you to say three months. <laughs> I don't know. That would basically mean like, like if you're having regular sex, <laughs> like you just keep adding to the party. <laughs> well, that's what I and then eventually you just have like so much, like it would just start like blowing you up like a balloon. <laughs> Good uh, guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, three weeks. Closer. And you're really good on the number. 13 days? Three days. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Which, what? to I was me, way it's off. so funny. Like, to me, I thought that three days was a long time. <laughs> oh. but, but three months would be a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> Because it can take up to 10 hours for sperm to, like, travel up to where it needs to be. I see. So, like, between 10 to 3 days after you have sex is when you might, like, like get pregnant pregnant. Which is weird. 
for because for me, I was like, well, it happens right then. It does not happen right then. It takes a long time. And that's been really freaky for my brain because now it like you never think about the fact that they're swimmers, right? Right. And now I'm thinking about the fact that they're swimmers and they like travel up into my yeah, body. You have, like, it's so these, weird. Like little organisms in your body. Yes, like little tadpoles. It's so, oh, it's so strange. Okay, so I have I have a ton of questions. Um, is <laughs> I have some answers. <laughs> is Sean just as excited as you? Like, is is he? Is this something that like I would want to constantly, possibly even annoy you with? <laughs> do you feel anything? Have you checked? What can? How early can we do it? Do like is he, is he just as like urgent with this he is just as excited as i am but he's being really good about like keeping it cool because like he knows that i have this like weird like back and forth where i'm like i want to think about it all the time and then i don't want to stress about it because it wigs me out you know like i i keep going back and forth so he's been really nice about like kind of taking my lead on like when we talk about it and like you know oh you want to pick up those tests okay cool as opposed to like hey i got these um so he's been, yeah, he's been good. He was okay. even super sweet because like, um, and this is something I, I've never said like out loud, out loud, but I was just talking about with, with my therapist and I was like, you know what? Screw it. Lots of people go through this and nobody ever really talks about it. But um, so in my history, in my lifetime, I have uh, had a miscarriage. I've lost a pregnancy. And so because of that experience, like my brain is so freaked out at the idea of trying to get pregnant, right? Because something in my brain is like, well, well, but what if I can't? Which a lot of women think even if they haven't experienced pregnancy loss. But once you have, it's like, that'll happen every time, right? Right. And Sean was so sweet because he was like, well, but I've also never gotten anyone pregnant. So, you know, like it could be me. Like if we, like maybe I can't. And I was like, have you ever had unprotected sex where you could get someone pregnant? And he was like, no, but <laughs> it's only 99% effective. <laughs> and I was like, that's sweet. <laughs> that is sweet. Oh, he's, he's such a good, a good soul. <laughs> you this, this podcast has had such a journey because when we first started recording almost two years ago, you were engaged. You weren't even yeah, married yet. Really engaged. And everyone has listened through like this journey of you getting engaged to be married, Aww. and now we're in the next phase of life. Oh, this is amazing. That's so sweet. And, and then, then you're like getting sick in the field of a <laughs> food <festival. yeah. laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really yeah, yeah. Yours my personal life. Like my personal life has not had that much uh, that big of a journey as yours has because when I I wish when... my career has had the trajectory that yours has had because oh. you've had like a transformation in like just working in the box office you know what I mean that's that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not where I was two years ago at but... one point you were working like two jobs you were your own boss at the same time <laughs> yeah 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 it was awful <laughs> yeah it was terrible I don't want to do that again uh, oh what just happened. Ooh. Um, so, what were you uh, gonna say? Oh, 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 um, two weeks ago, remember how like two episodes ago, I was complaining about the possibility of watching our friend's dog, um, or set of dogs while she went to rehab. Yes. Well, she went back to rehab for a second time and we got roped into watching one of her two dogs. 
And, you know, and it, it was fine. Like, I never want to have three dogs in this house ever again. Uh, this dog looked exactly, exactly like Diego. So he was like a little Frenchy terrier. Uh, or she was like a little Frenchy terrier. Adorable and so sweet. And had she been brought up and trained correctly, she could have been literally the most perfect pet ever. She was very codependent. Uh, she whined a lot. It's just very needy, and it drove us fucking batty because we could have her sitting on our lap watching TV, but the fact that we weren't, like, petting or giving her any sort of physical contact while she was sitting in our lap, she'd be like, (laughs) and we're like, oh, my God. So we would uh, kennel the dog while we were at work, and, of course, as we were shutting the door, the front door, we would hear, and as we were coming home, getting out of the car, we would hear, bah! Bah! and we're like, Jesus Christ, do you ever stop? Aww. Uh, we gave the puppy back because our friend got out of rehab about three days later again. <laughs> and uh, it's just this, vis- this vicious cycle. We're not taking care of any more dogs. Did she break up with that dude? Uh, she did. She did. And what has been revealed since, she's been doing all of this for a guy that she met three months ago. And this guy seems like a really great guy who really did try to help her, but th- we did not realize any of this. But the linchpin in all of this is that way back when she met this guy, he was really good for her. She was just drinking a lot. And he said, look, you need to get some help or at least find a routine, get back into your, your regular work routine and uh, cut down on the drinking. And then I am not opposed to getting back in this relationship. I just, I can't be like almost weighed down like this that sounds awful but it's like i i i really don't know how to put it because it it sounds very unsupportive but i think he was put in a position where he only knew of her as a drinker so Mm -hmm. it did not it's not like their relationship had progressed to this point and it's like i know i know what you are capable of and i know that this is not who i met before but no the person that he met from day one was a drinker hardcore. <laughs> so he was trying to help her by saying, you need to get a handle of your life before we consider anything like moving in or anything like that. Right. He's like, I don't see this relationship moving forward with like the lifestyle that you're currently living. Right. And we met him and he's a really great guy, like really awesome. But she took that in the complete opposite direction and she started drinking even and even more. And that's when things Some really people react that way. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I have tendencies like that where if someone was like, don't ever cut your hair, I would literally cut my hair right then. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't blame her at all. That's where she really derailed. And that's where we ended up in the first story where she went to rehab for the first time, got out, immediately started drinking again. She went to rehab the second time, got out, immediately started drinking again. And now she's in this like hateful mode where she's blaming everybody like she's not afraid to tell this guy now it's your fault that i've started drinking again it's my mom's fault for not taking care of my animals when i'm you know nobody's uh, fault it's nobody's fault where all of this is coming from with me and this uh i i really don't care if people think of this as selfish or not i really could give two shits but (laughs) but i i have come off as very cold to her um mm-hmm. per se because i i have lost trust in her for a while now and because of the back and forths and the oh it was the, not even that yeah. it was just she used to live in georgia this is something i don't even know if i was very vocal about 
uh, at the time that this was going on, but Alex had a drinking problem and, and still continues to struggle with it. But like he had a, a, a like uh, about in the hospital last November where he went to, to get fully detoxed. And when he got out, he made it very clear to each of his friends that we were hanging out with, especially because the holidays were around the corner, it's like, hey, I'm I'm not going to get really drunk tonight, but I'll, I'll have a few beers with you. And, and yeah, he's we'll, like, I'm trying you know. to cut back. Yeah. And I get that it is all on him and it should not be blamed on other people. However, if you express that opinion to others and mm-hmm. others continue to be like, don't worry about it. Keep drinking. You can still do this for you. one night. Like it. it being the person on the other side, being the spouse, is extraordinarily difficult to when yes, you can you can totally say, well, this was his fault. He has all the control in the situation, which is I see what you mean though. Like, cause he was trying to do right by his relationships, you know, and say like, hey, heads up. Yeah. I don't want to be super triggered. I don't want to get roped into like heavy drinking. Mm-hmm. And if they were good friends. That would, would be something that, that they would immediately respect and adjust yeah. to. Yeah. And she was one of the, the, the people that we hung out with that we we saw Continued her. Continued to put him around like yeah, heavy drinking. a couple of times where it was like, oh, fuck it. You know, your body can handle mm-hmm. it. You know, keep drinking. Like, I'm about to move to Tennessee, you know. And I was like, That's oh, my up. God. Oh, my God. You know, and so I lost a lot of massive respect for her. Um, yeah. a while ago and it's it's taken me a while it's kind of taken me it's been a big struggle for me this summer to have any sort of sympathy for her because and, of like how derailing she was yeah yeah and, yeah. and I see that I feel bad for Alex because he's in a position where he's known her since he was a kid Aww. for me like and he sees this as like a long a long-term friendship and I'm just like fuck you I've known you for like six years and I don't give a shit you know <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I really like when it comes to uh, toxic relationships like that, then I, I really, it's very easy for me to just call it quits. I hope for the best for her. I really, really do. But I have zero sympathy. I think that that's a good headspace to be in actually though, you know, mm-hmm. because you're right, like toxic friendships and toxic relationships, like people handle them in different ways. And like, it's totally okay to say, nope. Yeah. You know, and just be like, you do you. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to worry about that because like I tried worrying about it and it bit me in the ass again and again and again. Yeah. And like, you know, we evolve and we learn and we're like, okay. Like sometimes people get too precious about things. Um, and, and you know, it's not our job to like fix other people's lives. We're just trying to like live right as, as much as we can. And, you know, sometimes we are in a position where we can help other people. Sometimes we're in a position where they make our lives worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, Alex's therapist actually gave him some very good advice. And, and because there came a point where this person, his friend would text him or call him every single day post rehab and just complain and just be very toxic and just really do nothing about, yeah, just how was your day today? What's something good that happened to you today? Well, I fucking stubbed my toe, which is better than the fucking conversation I had with my mom this morning. Fuck that bitch. And you know, it's just like, oh my God, like everything becomes so heavy. And, um, and his therapist was like, you know what? It sounds like nothing's going to change anything right now. She needs to be the one who makes that change, but you can't be on the receiving end every single time. And th- it might be the time now to uh, put a bookmark in your relationship, in your friendship. And, you know, Come back to it when when 
she's feeling a little bit better or whenever she's in the next step of her life because we can't be there to pick up the pieces every single time or else sooner or later it's going to come back to us and she's going to hate us for some reason i'm all for that i was like yeah i, I haven't spoken to her in a while <laughs> her dog yeah, is sweet no i mean i am obsessed with therapy and i think everyone should go to therapy <laughs> yeah it's just to me it's like having a dentist you know what i mean yeah where it's like you got to go to a dentist every once in a while to keep your teeth clean and like you should go to a therapist every once in a while to keep your mind and heart clean and like fresh yeah, um i agree this was like such a meandering episode yeah it's a bit all but, like over mostly the place. heavy yeah it was very all over the place yeah I'm interested to hear what it sounds like once we've cut out all the stuff that we're not going to include in the main episode. Yeah, there's a there's a a good probably 15 minute segment about Ethan that we're going to cut. It'll out. go it'll go from like an hour and a half episode to like 12 minutes. <laughs> well, have you noticed that that's what <laughs> usually tends to happen? Where do you do you ever truly look at the time of or the length of an episode and be like, we talked for much longer than that? I always like I I like. I listen to them when I'm in long car rides, but lately I've had to do my caroling rehearsal in the car. Oh. Um, and so I need to listen to the most recent one. And like, I have such weird short-term memory that like, I don't realize that it's even cut. I like, I would never be able to remember what it was that you cut out. Yeah, no, no. I save usually most of the the segments that are cut out, but- um, I, it's just whatever makes the episode flow a little bit more. And and um, I do cut out the parts that it seems like we're just kind of like rambling, if we, even if we're on the same story. But it's kind of like this Long this 25-minute story could be shortened to about eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going on vacation this next week. I'm going to be MIA Ooh. in my mind and at work. So, um, Except for checking your email once a day. Yeah, I'm only going to check my email once a day. And it's going to be really nice. We're going to the beach. Looking Hope forward to, uh, yeah, to either seeing the sun or Hurricane Dorian. One of those two. Um, one of those, yeah. Either way, it's going to be a nice, chill week. Boop, boop. Well, next week I have a festival. Ooh. that I'm helping assist a film festival. And uh, on Friday the 13th is the first day of the festival, and that's when I'm announcing a crowdfunding campaign for a horror movie. What, what? So wish me luck. Good I'm luck. very excited. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, bye. listening to this episode of what the puck you can catch us every other wednesday on itunes soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts follow us on facebook at pucking podcast you can email us any of your thoughts or questions at puckingpodcast at gmail.com you can follow lena on instagram at lena nicole dl and on twitter at lena underscore deloach and you can follow me on my other podcast, The Sagas Podcast. My Instagram and Twitter handle is I am John O'Davis. We'll see you in two weeks. Woof, that.